0: And welcome back to the Not Your Basic Fitzbow podcast. In this episode, I talk to Jordan Lips all about strength training, the benefits of strength training, how to grow your glutes, the importance of bringing intensity to your basic workouts, how much you should train, deloads, and so much more. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, please reach out. Chat soon welcome to my uh to my show. Uh, Good to Jen. be here. I don't, <laughs> say I'm still uh relatively new to this and uh as I see on your side um you're becoming quite the veteran with your podcast. I've listened to a couple episodes. They're awesome.
1: Thank like, you for those it's...
0: listening. Um Jordan's huh. podcast I'll link it in the um description. Um definitely have a listen. There's some real gems in there. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, how's it going in Jersey, joy
1: Oh, no, it's going okay. <laughs> yeah. um, we are having some of the nicest weather I've ever had at this time of year. So very thankful for that being outside super important for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we're actually, we're actually moving to California for just the month of January. Just um, as like a celebration. I've been a hybrid in person training and online coaching for a long time. We go full online. So the minute we do that, My girlfriend's studying for an EMT exam, and we're just going to go, not off the grid. I mean, we're going to Long Beach, not exactly off the grid, but away from our at-home life, which really gives us a chance to just focus on what we want to focus on. That's
0: amazing. And sometimes, like, picking up and doing something like that kind of, you know, just a change in routine allows you to build something new and to, like, shift your focus. That's so fun. And getting out of there for the winter and everything, too, right? Because I'm not sure. Does Jersey get as bad as New York in the winter?
1: it's pretty much the same yeah, thing bad. right yeah yeah it's terrible yeah yeah it's <laughs> awful we uh, yeah. we we that was not an accidental decision that time that time frame and going to long beach where it's much much warmer and nicer was not an accident either okay. um there's just been a lot that i've been putting off that i want to do like more podcasting more youtubing and stuff and just like you don't have time for everything so i'm looking forward to just buckling down and doing that when i get there
0: yeah oh that's awesome let's say you have such an awesome presence online um you know, and I've watched I've watched your content grow over the like over the years. I'm pretty sure I've followed you on Instagram for the last couple of years. Now I want to say, um, you know, there's a few accounts that like you know I really love. I'll share the content. Um, you know, who's like information and stuff I align with, obviously, which is why I was excited to bring you on here to chat. Um, have you always been in Jersey? You said you're doing in person training as well.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh always been in jersey i live right now like 10 minutes from where i grew up yeah oh that's cool
0: so you're doing are your gyms open right now
1: gyms are currently open and the gym that i'm currently at is like more of a small boutique studio with kind of a badass feel to it i gotta say i love it there um it 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 does have like a small boutique feel though so there is like it's not that we can circumnavigate state laws or anything like that but it is from a client safety perspective really easy Uh, we never really have more than like six to eight people in there at all um so it's way more personal it's not as corporate and so that's a, it is a nice place to be especially now
0: awesome yeah i guess you know what i mean i should have i should have known that i saw your instagram story earlier and saw you in a gym working out so i should assume that it's open and that's not you're just uh yeah,
1: that you don't yeah, have yeah. a
0: fancy garage gym i mean if right. you did it'd be jealous for sure um, but yeah, yeah you know it's funny because like i brought you on here because i wanted to kind of deep dive more into training um, cause I haven't done that on a podcast yet. It's always been more nutrition and mindset and stuff. Um, and it's funny because I, over the last year, just wanted to test myself and program for myself. Um, you know what I mean? Just to see if I could be unbiased and, you know, give myself yeah. Bulgarian split squats, which I hate, like they're in my program right, right now. And, you know, awesome. I've really tried to, um, just like really see how far I could bring myself, uh, training wise with my strength. And you are one of the coaches I have probably clicked on the application form like three or four times because I like the way you train, um, just from what I've seen. As like funny, I've never said that before, but um, because it was just a goal of mine to do it myself. Um, you know, every time the month would come, I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, what? I should just reach out and get someone else to do it for me. Um, and I think one of the things I love about your training is that you train without your ego. You know what I mean? You can see that you, for example, like your pull-ups, that was one where I saw you on the assistant machine. And I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, it's like, you're, you're taking a bit of the load off. Like you're not doing the full pull. You're doing it with the assistant machine. So you can actually connect to your muscles and like feel it. And, you know, obviously depending on what your goal is, but, Well, that being said, I kind of wanted to, let's say, start the ball rolling with like what you think. So say someone was like a cardio bunny that wanted to get into strength training and came to train with you for the first time. Like what kind of program, like what would you say the most important fundamental, yeah, where would you start? Like someone comes up to you and it's like, Hey, I saw this on YouTube. You know, do I need to do all these burpees and all this stuff? Like, where, yeah. where would you start? Think, like, what would a beginner need to do in the gym?
1: Sure, I think it's the most important thing, I guess, from a coach-client perspective is talking about what you actually want um, and making sure that, that is your, it's firm and then from an outcome perspective, because if somebody does want to build muscle, then you can have an honest discussion about what are the best ways to do that. And if somebody, I think it's a marriage of what you want aesthetically out of it and also what you like the most. And I think if you, Look at somebody who's like, I don't give a fuck about fun. And I just want to get the best out of my training physically and, and aesthetically and hypertrophy and gain muscle and, and get stronger. Like we can start with what's scientifically optimal, but we have to marry the fun part of it. So, I'll, I'll, like you said, if somebody's coming to me, maybe a first time or pre cardio bunny wants to get into lifting ask them what they actually want out of their training. What do you want out of your training? And if somebody says, I want to build as much muscle as possible in the next six months, one year, or forever, whatever, or I want to try the type of training that that would, you know, that that would coincide with. Great. That points us in a really pretty simple direction of hypertrophy training. which is like making sure you're, like you said, leaving the ego out of it, looking for, you know, pushing people close to failure, proper strength training. Um, But I also have a lot of people who come from an Orange Theory background or like a Madeline Moves background or like a, you know, something that is a marriage of some lifting, but also a lot of like hit style stuff. And the question I ask is, what do you actually want? And if you actually want, a lot of people are frustrated and rightfully so that they've been doing that style of training for a long time and not seen any physical changes. So it's walking them through that discussion uh, until they get to the the understanding themselves that what they've been doing hasn't been working really well and that something else which might be man resting longer getting focusing on going closer to failure like less circuits uh more compound exercises more range of motion less focus on getting it getting it done and more focused on you know the doing like you know heavy compound movements doing them properly resting two to four minutes you know not looking for your heart rate to go up looking for feelings of tension in the muscle. And that can sometimes be psychologically an interesting shift. But the first thing is discussing what somebody wants. And if someone's like, I want to build muscle, it's like, great, then we are going to do this. And if you want to infiltrate some fun in there, whatever you think is more fun, if you want to do some cardio, then we can do that. Absolutely. But it's finding out what you want from training. And if it is building the maximum muscle and strength, then we know which road we're going down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like definitely you have to. Take uh, you know clients' goals into into account, um, and some people just want to exercise and be fit, right? Like they just want to get their endorphins boosted and you know just move more. Um, and yeah, that's definitely the case in which you can kind of plan around that. Um, it's interesting you're saying about the rest period. Um, I find most of my sessions, um, and I'm not sure if you're the same, have been like 35 minutes, maybe 40 tops with clients. And uh, it's interesting because like, you know, sometimes you'll want to introduce, like they want to get stronger and you'll introduce like, you know, barbell deadlift. And then it's like, okay, the timer's on. We got three minutes and they're like, should should I run around the block? Like, do I need to do? What do I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. You said like the psychological um, aspect of that, it can be really tough. You know, even, even sometimes, and I know this, I'll be at the gym myself and I'll sit down and I'm like, well, I could start, like, you know, I could... To start writing an instagram post i could do something in between yep. i got the timer on and that's when sometimes that's when i get my best content because my blood's going to the brain and and then i'm like oh am i being lazy and it's like no like you need this rest and you know i think it, it is interesting that uh sometimes like less is more i mean i don't know who like are you currently working with a coach or do you program for yourself with a coach you are?
1: I hate programming for myself. Yeah, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's certainly a team effort, though. I like to have a, 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 some control over what I'm doing. And there's definitely like some intellectual conversation that goes into like exercise selection. But something you had said about the only way you can rationalize resting more is if you are focused on how much you're lifting, not necessarily just pounds, but reps and quality. And if you're not focused on that, or you're not looking at that as a metric that you want to see improve that you're drawing motivation from, then there's no reason to like, then resting is a waste. The point of the rest is to make your next set more productive. And if you don't really care about making the next set more productive, then it is going to feel like a waste. So if you have a client who's never rested longer than 40 seconds, you know, you have to get them to to track their workouts and if they're not if you're not tracking your workouts it's going to be really freaking hard to rationalize resting three minutes because you don't actually care about what the point of that three minutes is the point of that three minutes is to actually produce another effective set and if you're not tracking it you probably don't care about it and then it's hard to rationalize those three minutes you're like why don't i just go again it's like well don't go again because you're going to get four when you could get eight uh if you had rested another minute they don't care about that because you're not tracking it so i think coming back to that it's like getting somebody to track their workouts is a game changer, because finally, a lot of the things you want them to do is go closer to failure, beat themselves, you know, week to week, month to month, rest a little bit longer, fuel themselves adequately adequately for training, like not starving themselves, like care about their performance is only going to come when they're tracking their performance. And I don't want to sound like an exercise elitist that everybody needs to be on a perfect spreadsheet program where you're tracking every single rep and weight and RPE and RIR and rest times. And that's great, by the way. And I think some portion of your training, if your goal is building strength and hypertrophy, building muscle, like some portion or a large portion should be that. But I I don't want to be an exercise elitist. There are people who just want to move and feel good. And if your goal is to be healthy and move well and be strong, strong enough for your life, like applicable strength, you don't need to do that. You could do random training. There are plenty of healthy, strong people who do random training. Those same people though, if they want to make more progress are going to have to unravel that randomness and, and put some like, Actual thought behind, but they're doing some continuity, some some planning. But there are plenty of healthy people out there that are just doing random workouts, and they're working relatively hard, and that's great, and that's awesome. No no shade at them. I love that. Um, you just need to decide if that's what you want.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like I I spent time um, bodybuilding like back like that's kind of what got me into fit. Well, I started with P ninety X. That was my very first thing. Um, and you know what? I did make a bit of progress with it. That was insane. Um, like what a way to start. Um, so <laughs> going from that, like when I was given, um, like I ended up doing like some bodybuilding training with an online coach for some time. And that was like, my workouts, I swear, took me like an hour and a half. Like it was insane. Like I was, I could barely walk out of the gym. And then I ended up actually hiring Jordan. Um, Side. So that's how I met him in the first place. And I remember one of my programs I went in and there was like five exercises and I was like, uh, where's the rest of my program, right? I was like, should I do anything at the end? And like, it was amazing how um, simple some of the moves were, but it was like the most intense I think I've ever worked out. Like with, there was just a lot of intent in it and like, you know, really just working on getting better and better. Um, And I've kind of adapted what one thing I like is working with different coaches, which is why I said like, you're, you're probably gonna see me at some point. Cause I, there's only so long I'm going to, uh, I'm going to keep uh, writing on. my own. I am. Yeah. yeah. No, it's something I wanted to do in the new year um, just to change it up. I'm so, you know, yeah, bored of writing for myself. But I, um, I think one of the things that's nice about hiring different coaches and working with people and trying different styles is to kind of develop your own style. Right. And kind of see what you like and see what works. Um, and like, I do come across a lot of women and I'm sure you do too that want to grow their glutes like this is probably like the biggest thing right now, you know, Brett Contreras kind of made that, you know, famous and everybody's got the booty bands now and everything. And I kind of wanted to tap into like some like misconceptions or myths maybe with what, like what people think they need to do to grow glutes. Like typically it's like, you know, body weight squats, booty band workouts and like, I don't know if you come across the same thing off. Yeah. And like, yeah. what, what yeah. do you think like some of the biggest misconceptions are? And like, what the sure. perfect formula would be to like, you know, for the ladies listening right now um, to grow your glutes? I mean, don't just listen for me. Let's get let's get some back up here.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think booty bands are they They have a place. Yeah. Um, there is some some use to them. Sure. But if the primary part of your workout involves a ton of bands, you know, most of your workout involves reps over 30. Um, That's just not going to grow muscle. And the unfortunate part is it is actually going to give you some positive feedback. You're going to get burn and perception of, you know, pain in the target muscle. And you might feel like, oh, yeah, I'm growing my glutes. The truth is, it's not really the case. Uh, It's just like a different mechanism that's happening. We really want to be doing exercises that are a bit heavier, um, and while I do program in that 20 to 30 rep range, sometimes for glutes, the truth is you should be hitting a myriad of different rep ranges. You should be working in the five to 10, in the 10 to 20, in the 20 to 30 with appropriate exercises for those things. And so you'll see it every time. And I'm like, it's the ultimate like gym shark moment where there's, you're just doing like lateral bandwalk into bodyweight band squat into glute bridges into the frog pumps into hip thrust. And all the while, like a lot of times I'll see that and I'll be like, man, one good effective set of heavy five to 15 hip thrusts or RDLs or deep squats, like is going to be better than this entire workout for hypertrophy." So I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said less is more. Um, I'll never give out, almost always when I give out a program, I know in my gut that this person's gonna read this and be like, this is not that hard. And when you read your program, you should not be able to really tell. Like, it doesn't, like, reading the program does not tell you if this will be hard or not. I can give the same workout to a first time client who's never lifted a weight and a professional athlete, and the professional athlete will fucking die. And the person who's never lifted a weight before will be like, this is super easy. And it's about the intent. So I think that the, if we're going to circle back around to like glute growth, it's like taking those heavy compound exercises and actually working really, really hard, resting a little bit longer. Um, you know, RDLs. Hip thrusts, forward leaning lunges, uh, hip extensions, like less booty band work. And I think booty band work can have its place, um, yeah. but it shouldn't be your bread and butter. It should be the sprinkles sprinkle on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. It. It's not the base of the cake. It, it might even be. It might not even be the frosting. It might even be like your little sprinkles yeah. <laughs> on top for sure. Um, and I and I definitely, I'm, I'm with you. I think when I when I on my application, there's like okay, target muscles you want to grow. A lot of times it's like glutes and back and shoulders. Great. And if you have somebody like that, something I want to say that I will say from whenever I have a platform to say it is like, it's okay for you to train the muscles you want to grow more than the ones that you don't want to grow. Um, We get caught up in in programming uh, like folklore of like, you have to do equal amounts of push, pull, leg, hinge, squat, lunge, core, anti-rotation. Like that's cool. Like you should have some of that in there just from a functional perspective, what we would call maybe like maintenance volume, like enough to keep those muscles where they are, but Man, I'll tell you right now, I do an upper lower split, which might sound like I'm doing 50 50 upper and 50 50 lower, 50 upper, 50 lower. That's not the case. Like on my lower days, I do biceps and shoulders and triceps. And um, most of, let's say I'm doing 80 sets across the week, like maybe 60 of them are are upper body. And so when I circling back to the glute question, like it's okay for you to train glutes three to four times a week um, if you can program it intelligently. So if you are trying to grow your glutes, know that. Train them more frequently. And it's okay if you are in an upper lower split to throw some glutes on the end of your upper body workout. I think that's a totally intelligent way to program. Obviously, you gotta be aware of like overdoing it. And if you're chronically sore and you're getting overlapping soreness, workout to workout, then you're not, you know, obviously programming it adequately, uh, effectively. But I think that that's something I want more people to know is like, you don't need to have this like, unbelievably symmetrical balanced program. Like If I look at your program, I should be able to tell what the focus is. And if you wanna grow your glutes, and you come to me and you want to grow your glutes, man, we're going to do an upper lower split. But on those upper days, I might use those as an opportunity to hit those high rep ranges um, and save our heavy compounds for those leg days. Um, yeah, and I think that that's something I definitely want people to know because I'll program upper lower for like some of my guys who don't care about legs as much, you know, just a classic bro. like, And like, honestly, just from a fun perspective, like training your legs twice is, is probably better than training them once for a number of reasons, which we can go into if you want, like why frequency might be better. But sprinkling in some arms at the end of your leg day is enough to get a bro to actually do his legs twice a week it's like if you put a drop set of fucking bicep curls at the end of that workout like they will do it they will enjoy it they're like all right, cool i'll do my lunges so i'll get to the curls and so i think that it can be similar you know, I don't want to stereotype and put, put women into some bucket where they all want to just wear their glutes, but like, it's okay. If you're like, okay, I don't really care as much about upper body. I really want to grow my glutes. Put some lo- put some glutes at the end of your upper body work. You're going to enjoy your program a little bit more.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And like for glutes, like it's, or and for any um muscle group, it's technic- technically, um, or say typically 16 to 20 sets a week. Am I right? So I'm going, going yeah, back, it going be, back it to it the be basics. From... It's like kind of like in that range, I guess, depending on how seasoned of a lifter you are and how you're recovering
1: right agreed it can be anywhere from 8 to 20 and you know even even a little bit higher um again like you said depending on how effective you are and there's like a lot of genetic factors you're you're like slower twitch faster twitch and which which exercises you're picking because while i think we should kind of put them all in a bucket together they're not really in a bucket and we're talking about sets of hamstrings And we're talking about, you know, stiff-legged or RDLs versus, like, a seated hamstring curl. Yes, we're going to put them in the same bucket, but, like, you're not doing 16 sets of RDLs. You're going to crumble under that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's actually probably one of my favorite exercises, like, love-hate. Same. Yeah,
0: I I don't know. There's something about the feeling of them. Like, as much as I I don't like how strong, like, I shouldn't say that the stronger I get, the more irritated I get with exercises, though, because my hands are really tiny and they don't seem to
1: want to catch up to everything else. So,
0: yeah, (laughs) it's like
1: I have tiny hands, too. I got made fun of for the the Burger King guy my whole life. The little guy with the big burger. No way. You're it on YouTube afterwards. People are going to die. It's like this little guy with tiny hands holding this massive burger. That was me, like my whole college life. People just like ripped on me like crazy. So I get you. You and I have the same problem. My posterior, first of all, I'll make it clear, screaming from the rooftops, like your hams, glutes, low back, upper back should outpace your grip, period. At some point, yeah. it absolutely should happen. And when you do it, I just posted about this morning, it's like, hurts my soul. Like, get a pair of wrist straps. Start with a mixed grip if you want. One hand over, one hand under, totally plausible way. Get a pair of wrist straps yeah. or, 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 yeah, lifting straps or versa grips. Like, at some point, if you are doing this right, you're – actual big muscle group should outpace your grip especially if you have small hands you've not good leverage um yeah so yeah get a pair of versa grips yeah. and just it'll change your life
0: yeah it's so true because like I don't like it holding me back and like you know this morning I've been working out at 4 30 a.m like it's crazy like 4:30. yeah I know I got a toddler so and then I do a boot like a little uh outdoor fitness class because of COVID at like 6 a.m So, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get any of my online work done. Teaching, teaching. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not training and then going to a class. No. (laughs) So, teaching, but like it's, they almost inspire me to get in early and then come to them almost like charged up from my workout, you know? So, it's kind of nice. And, uh, anyways,
1: like this morning, you got to do what you got to do.
0: Yeah. Like bright and early, it's like, it's, say it's not even bright yet, but to go and grab, like, for example, I did some dumbbell Romanian deadlifts this morning. And like, I knew I could grab the seventies and I was like, <sighs> I
1: was like, I don't want to hold these that's right. That's strong dude. Yeah. That's really strong. I am pretty yeah, proud of my rash, strength, man. Yeah, for real. That's really strong. Yeah.
0: I still can't that's get awesome. a pull up yet. I'm still working on those. We're at the band assisted ones, but, uh, that's one of my goals, but we're getting there. Yeah. I know that takes a little while, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it definitely got a strong posterior, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my hands like by the end, I was like, they're going to rip them off. Right. So it's, I think yeah. you're right about the straps. I I'm going to bring those in again soon. Um, yeah. But I did, I did want to circle back, and I thought this was so important. Um, like you mentioned, somebody who's a seasoned athlete or just like you know what I mean, an experienced lifter versus a beginner getting the exact same plan. I really loved how you said the experienced person could probably have a workout that would knock them on the like knock them off their feet, and the beginner person's like. Okay, hey, well, I'm going to do two workouts in one day. And I've actually experienced this. Like I have um a group uh monthly like online training program. Um, you know, it's just like a nice affordable way for people to do my programming and have access to my app and everything. And I've seen people where they've done two workouts in a day and I'm like, "What's going on here?" I'm like, "You should not be able to do two workouts in a day." I was like, "What's going on?" And you know, you can see the weights like you know, some people do need to start with like 5s or 10s just to Maybe that's all they have access to, or you know what I mean, especially with home workouts. But it's just trying to get across that point that, like, you have to bring the intensity. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to do burpees in between. It's like, if you have tens, it's like, let's slow down the tempo. Let's add a pause. Let's, you know, one and a half reps. Or it's just, I think people see something so simple, like a push up and then an overhead press and a goblet squat. And it's like, okay, this is nothing. And then it's just like, no, this can really be something. If you bring it, you gotta bring the intensity yourself. And that's the challenging part, right? And that's why most people, even myself, I'm pretty sure if I worked out with a trainer now in person, I'm probably still not working out as hard as I could, even though I think I am. That they probably would have given me the eighties, right? (laughs) Here you go. Sure. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's totally true. Yeah. Um, If, If, if you, Uh, Like you said, two people can do the same program and have totally different uh, experiences. And I think that one of the actual things that makes you more of an intermediate or an advanced lifter is your ability to one, push yourself. And what's what's interesting is actually um, uh, like there's a concept of like how much work one person can do across the week, Um, how much work that they can recover from, let's say. And you had mentioned, let's say, 16 to 20 sets and somebody might come to you and say, I could do 25, 30 sets of glutes and I'm fine. I raise like a large skeptical eyebrow when that happens, because it's, it's what actually happens is as you get stronger, right? You're using the seventies for the RDLs. As you actually get stronger, you actually get better at stimulating the muscles and you actually can get more from less. You actually become better at lifting. And so when I have clients who start, they're not, they're not yet sure exactly. They don't have that neurological connection with what they're doing. And they're not actually able to stimulate the muscles in the right way. And they'll find by like the third or fourth block of programming that all of a sudden they're getting more sore um, they're, you know, feeling more perception of tension, better pumps, and like nothing has changed. They've just actually gotten better at one, pushing themselves closer to failure and actually bringing the intensity required. Like you said, a, a, a workout of like ups, overhead press, goblet squat and RDL. Like I think of that, I think I would die doing that. Like <laughs> yeah. that's a hard workout, goblet squats, three, three sets, whatever, whatever yeah. three sets of all of those, that's a tough workout, but yeah. it's a tough workout because I know how close to bring myself to failure. I'm aware of like what I'm capable of. Um, and a lot of a lot of the discussion that I've been having, I suppose, around training lately is this discussion of not going to failure and leaving a couple reps in the tank on that first week. And that's something that just come up in Q&As and podcasts. And, but going to failure gets a bad rap, except for the fact that going to failure teaches you where failure is. And so sometimes not telling clients anything and telling them do as many as you can is probably just a good experience on the whole as to helping them find out where that is um yeah. and even if you just tell clients to do it in their last week they're like hey last week all the way 100 percent to failure as much as you can they probably still won't go all the way to failure just from what we know in, in the research like people have wild misconceptions of where they are in proximity to their fa- to failure we see people are off by like anywhere from like six to 12 reps it's insane yeah. um but you know spend your last week of your block before your deload which is we could talk about that too if, if you are in a program that has periodic deloads which you probably should be And the week before your deload, take everything to failure. See what you're actually capable of. And then look back at the week or two ago and be like, was I even remotely pushing myself? That's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually started um, cycling my, I I mean, I don't necessarily do a scheduled deload. Like I I used to, but then I found there'd be weeks where I'd show up and it was deload week, but I was like fired up. Like I felt good. Right. And so now I'm kind of like, I take it when I need it. You know what i mean there would be some mornings yeah. where you show up and i'm just like i i don't know why i'm into fitness at all like you know what I, mean? that, yeah, I don't know if you've ever had a morning like that you're like why why do i choose this life right um, yeah and then other mornings where i'm like, like bulgarian squat day oh my gosh yeah, yeah. and I, I said i have to program those and step ups for myself because it's like probably my i hate both so so much yep um and i'm good at them it's just i don't like them but yeah like deloads like definitely we can um touch on that because i like with my group training, obviously it's not personalized. So it's like kind of generic, obviously. But like I usually let people know like the first week when you're getting to know your new program, you know, maybe aim for lighter reps, like get comfortable with the exercises, make sure that you're not feeling it in the wrong place or, you know, reach out and ask questions if you think you're feeling it in the wrong place. Um, like how do you program deloads or take them yourself or with clients?
1: Yeah, I think there's two, a fundamental... Like more philosophical discussion of like, should you pre-plan them or should you take them when you need them? Um, and each of them has a pro and con. And I, the way I, it works in my brain is if you were somebody who's trying to get the absolute most out of your training, you were a professional bodybuilder, you're a professional athlete, and you don't have a minute to spare because the competition is working as hard as you are, then you should take your deloads when you need them. And there are some proxies that we can use as to when that is. We'll talk about it in a second. But the other way of Take like so. What happens if you take, if you plan on taking your deloads when you need them, you give yourself the opportunity to get the absolute most out of your training. Because if you normally deload on week five and week five rolls around, like you said, you're feeling fired up, you don't feel any of those proxies, like you're not, you don't have poor sleep, your lifts are still going up, you're not chronically sore, your joints aren't achy, you're not irritable, you feel good. You're like, okay, well, I'm supposed to deload, I can get another week of productive training, maybe my most productive week. You should do that. But I find that more often than not, even though you leave yourself the opportunity to get the most out of your training, you also leave yourself the opportunity to burn out. You like if you, the minute you give yourself permission to what we call auto-regulate, it's like change on the fly, call an audible. You give your child, you, like you give yourself the chance to get the most out of your training, but you also give yourself the chance to have the worst case scenario, which is three, four weeks into an overreaching or overtrained state without even knowing it or without even like realizing that that's what you've done. And so pre-planning deloads you probably don't give yourself that opportunity to get the most out of your training because week five rolls around and you're like, okay, I feel great, but I have to deload. So you deload. Yeah. So you miss out on that week. Right? Is that a big deal? Probably not. But what you do is you save yourself from yourself. You save yourself from that worst case scenario. You will never get into that overreached, overtrained state. And I think on the balance, I'd prefer that. It's a lower risk, maybe lower reward option though, but I would prefer the, the, the pre-planning mostly because I think most or many, many people are baseline overdoers, uh, overachievers. You know, we don't we don't connect with our biofeedback well. I just said things like not sleeping well, irritable, a little sore, chronic fatigue, or or chronic j- joint soreness, joint pain. Like most people are not really in tune with any of that stuff. And if you're not really focusing on them, you won't notice when they start to click. And you might you might throw in, okay, I, I have a kid, I have a young child just keeping me up, and I, I had stress at work. And you might just say, oh, it's, it's that. It's not the training. Right. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if you're in that high stress state, it's probably a good idea to deload. So personally, I almost always put them in 100% in the in the plan, either on the fourth, fifth, or sixth, or seventh week, right. depending on, and that and that evolves. You know, if a client tells me, like, if we have that conversation where it's like, hey, week five, it's time to deload, and they're like, no, I feel unbelievable, and I look at the plan, and their lifts are just going like linearly up and up and up. Like, okay, let's let's go train this week. We'll deload next week, and next block, I'll program that in for you. Um, that, that being said, though, I think there's a lot of people listening on my podcast, maybe on yours as well, listeners who like, they don't necessarily need to pre-plan these deloads because one of two reasons. If you're training three times a week, you can probably go a long time without deloading. And that's not to say you won't make progress, but just let's be real. If you're training three times a week, your progress is a little bit slower. So that accumulation of fatigue is a little bit slower. And you can probably go eight, eight 10 weeks without deloading, 12 weeks. And man, take any 12-week block of your life, if you miss even one of your workouts, you might get 5 days in there where you're off. And that that is a pseudo deload or you take a long weekend away or you take a week long vacation. Like so if you're training 3 days a week, most of the time you don't even need to plan them because every 12 weeks or so, you might miss one workout. And that one workout missed gives you 5 days off. And that is the deload. Or you went away to, you know, cousin Brett's house for the weekend and bang, you got 4 days off. Like so for the most part I think that in those circumstances I don't want to come across every single person needs to deal with but if that's the case then you're probably fine don't need to stress it too much. Right.
0: Now you know I never even thought about it that way like just how you know something always comes up like with it you know over a 12 week span like you said like yeah. well I mean maybe not as much vacation now but you say in Bermuda we're sure. doing staycations thankfully we live in a pretty tropical mm-hmm. place you know. <laughs> yes <laughs> so you it do. That works well yes, here. Yes you yeah. do. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, that's an interesting way to see things. And I mean, but there's people that obviously, like, if you're kind of just doing, you know, random circuits and things like that, like, this is obviously going to apply to someone who has like a structured plan that, you know, you're working on growing your muscle, you're working on getting stronger, um, you know, which I know some of my listeners are still just kind of dabbling in strength training in the um, in the first place and kind of getting into that idea kind of, kind of, pay. Um, pivot the topic here a bit um, with regards to like fat loss. So I have, you know, a lot of a lot of women um, who reach out to me who ask, you know, for fat loss, what they should be doing. And as many times as I kind of preach the strength training route, um, you know, it's it's hard to believe like, I find they don't always believe it because like, for so long, it's been promoted that cardio is the best way because you get that you burn more calories like during a session, you know what I mean? Um, and just like, I, I wanted to touch on like the importance of strength training, like kind of just circling back to the basics, like say for the ladies here that are listening that want to hear it from someone else aside from me, you know, like <laughs> get some backup support here too. But just the importance of strength training for fat loss, um, you know, and even for beginners, like for women who have never done it before, like the, that that, potential for body recomposition like we can touch on there too if you want um is is so amazing like I actually get jealous of my beginner female lifters like the changes that I see so quick once they start getting stronger it's incredible you know so like yeah you yeah what would you say to someone who like yeah came up and said hey you know I want to lose fat like how many days of cardio should I do and all this like
1: sure sure I definitely and I think that it's an interesting thing that I I have in my note to make a post actually soon. And so while you're saying that it kind of rung a bell is like, I'm, I hope this is not the sound bite that gets taken out of context, but weight training is not important for fat loss. But the irony is you don't actually want just fat loss. You don't. And most people just want weight loss. They think they just want weight loss. So it's not. Weight training has nothing to do with fat loss, really. Uh, people want to say that it can your metabolism. Not really the case, not not to an appreciable degree. But the truth is you don't want weight loss. Yeah. That's the point. The point is not that weight training helps with fat loss or it doesn't. But you don't want fat loss. You want something that weight training does give you because the point is, first of all, if you're talking about fat loss in particular, then weight training does have an important role in In maintaining or growing muscle depending on where you are in your training career so fat loss in particular is better done while weight training because your body will preferentially you know burn body fat stores over you know uh, stored proteins and, and muscle so it's important in the in the context of it will tell your body hey take body fat instead leave my muscle i need that stuff so that it is important in that regard but for weight loss it really doesn't have anything to do with it but the truth is you don't want weight loss if you ask somebody two or three follow-up questions to what they say they want they're like i want to lose or i want to be this amount of pounds and you're like okay like why and they're like well you know i, I want to like you know uh more toned shoulders and 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 you know a leaner this and a, and a and a more defined that And it's like okay everything you just said one of it is calorie deficit but the other part of it is strength training and so what i think is very important is like if you're out there and just like I want, I want weight loss i want fat loss if i ask you to send me a picture of somebody that you want to look like that person trains two to five times a week with weights. That's why they look the way they look in conjunction with, with fat loss. But if you ask somebody what they really want, they don't actually just want to lose weight. They don't just want to be smaller. Um, and I'm not saying everybody's in this for aesthetics. Yeah. I think I just want to make sure that we are uh, oh, uh, absolutely. holistic in this approach and saying like weight training will change your effing life. It is the fountain of youth. It's anti-diabetic, it's anti-hypertensive, it's anti-cancer, it's you know anti-osteo, anti-sarcopenia. I mean, it, it provides physical autonomy for your whole life. You can play with your kids. You can get up from the toilet. You can, you know, all of those things you want to be doing for the rest of your life, man. It's weight training, it's not cardio. I mean, I'm not anti-cardio. I think cardio is fine. I think movement's super important. Um, But I also think there's a misconception that because cardio is called cardio and it's short for cardiovascular training, let's say, that weight training is not good for your heart. It's not good for cardio, like anti-cardiovascular disease. Like it 100% is almost equally. And I'm not saying you shouldn't sprint or you shouldn't occasionally do some endurance work, but man, if you got steps and you trained hard and your nutrition was in check, like I can't imagine you're anything but optimally healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's the psychology of lifting and of just being strong. And I almost think this is something that gets lost on people because you don't know what it feels like until it's happening. And so for anybody out there, is like, like, uh, yeah, okay, like feeling strong, like it's empowering, like doing a chin-up or deadlifting your body weight or whatever, or doing a push-up, like it's a little woo-woo to say that it's empowering and it feels good, but it freaking does. And it's psychologically going to – I know people talk about the endorphins get through cardio. That's not what I'm talking about. First of all, I think you can get that in most cases from a lot of different styles of training. It's not unique to running. Uh, people talk about a runner's high. I mean, I promise you if you do a hard – uh, hypertrophy or strength training session, you will also get that that high. Yeah, and a pump. Um, <laughs> and a pump, yeah. totally. But I just think that it comes down to recognizing and asking this person and getting them to come to the conclusion that that's not actually what you want. You don't actually, listen, if you want to, I, I've had some clients who came to me, you know, quite overweight, um, you know, many hundreds of pounds. And for them, that might like fat loss or weight loss in general might be by far the primary like mode or um, method to them feeling better, being healthier. And so fine. That's okay. Strength training came down a little bit in the importance they should still do it. But for most people listening, who are like, I want to lose 20 to 40 pounds and and look more defined. Like, like strength training is an absolute must. Um, it's not necessarily something that's going to help you mathematically with your weight loss, but it's going to help you with the actual outcome that you actually want.
0: That's it. It's like the long-term thing. And I, I don't know if I actually posted it. I'm pretty sure I posted it last night or if it's a future post. I get I get so mixed up on what I've posted and what's like, you know, in the archives. But uh, I was just saying that yesterday, like with strength training, it's, there's so much more to it. Like it, there's that delayed gratification, you know, we're so set up like to crave instant gratification, you know, what you get from that cardio. Like, so you, again, obviously not saying cardio is bad, it has its place, but you know, you do it, the little digital thing on the machine will tell you how many calories you've burnt. you're sweating. Like you get this, like, yeah, I just burned off all this food. And, you know, whereas like strength training, it's, it's so hard sometimes to put it in like a little bottle and market it as, you know, it's what you need. It's what you really want, but it's hard to, you know, do that. And, um, I find like, that's where, you know, there are programs out there where people will just give these crazy like 100 rep challenges and stuff. And people are subscribing to that, you know, and it's, and it's hard. Um, I find like, you know, even in my business, because I don't want to sell out, like, I don't ever want to be that person. Like I have before and after pictures like crazy. Like I could, I could, I could be like, Hey, do this 30 day thing. And, you know, and I just, it's just goes against everything. I'm, I'm for, um, but i do find like that the people that you know give it a chance like strength training it is life. it's life-changing like it really is like it's it's a pain in the butt like literally sometimes you know but um like there's mornings i find where i'm at the gym and like people will be like oh you know what motivates you to go and i'm like i don't even know it's just something i do like it's just part of who i am now and you know, it's like, I I posted on my story this morning, I was like, I don't want want to hip thrust this weight this morning. Like I'm looking, this is my 430 or 445, I think by that time. But I'm looking at this barbell and I'm like, this is what I'm choosing to do at my mornings, but I feel so good for it now. Um, You know, and it builds like a self it's like a muscle, right? And it's something that can be built over time and strength training, you know, starting that out is almost like making your bed in the army, right? Like you do that and it relays to other areas of your life. Um, when, when did you start lifting just interested? Like, I don't think I know a lot about your background. Like, like, have you always uh, been active?
1: Yeah, I was a, 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 fairly, wow. I'm about to say this and it sounds super stupid. A fairly decent high school athlete. Wow. That's awesome. Really, like that's the most <laughs> mediocre, literally the most mediocre statement that's ever come out of my mouth. But <laughs> I that, love that, it. we were in a, we were in like a small area and was like relatively decent athlete, um, and definitely started lifting then, but. I'll be honest. I had uh, so, some some people in my life, like friends, older brothers, who really took us under their wing. Um, ironically, doing terrible, terrible things, and you know, thankfully taking thankfully taking us into the gym. But after the after one foot was stepping the door, not one intelligent thing was done. Um, was was funny. They were making fun of us actually for doing things that actually, in hindsight, were really smart. We were pairing different muscle groups together. We weren't doing a bro, a bro split. We were doing like full body days. We were doing like some compound lifting. Um, and and they were like, no, you got to do bro split and the chest one day, and then reverse pyramid the weight and all this stuff. And so, yeah, so definitely got into it then. And it was the first time I, I wasn't extremely good in school. I've always felt that I was relatively intelligent, but not good at school, like the actual yeah. game of school. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the like, I didn't get along with a lot of teachers. The subjectivity of, of the grading really got to me as a kid, and I started to become really cynical about school in general. And you know started feeling like every time i was in class i was doing the things that i thought they wanted me to do instead of like speaking my truth and and whether it was taking a test or an essay or whatever um and lifting actually became maybe my senior year was the first time i ever actually took it relatively uh, seriously um was the first time that it was it, i got out exactly what i put in and it was it was total objectivity it was not up for debate. This wasn't somebody's opinion. If I went in and did the work, then I would get the results. There is no, if you lift the weights you and you do it hard and you eat enough protein, enough calories, like you will get stronger and grow muscle. Like same goes for being in a calorie deficit. Like there's something beautiful about the objectivity of it for me that I just fell in love with immediately. And something I think c- I do well as a coach. And I think that a lot of the people that I know that yourself included is like people hire us to tell us the truth to tell them the truth. And I will always tell you all of the truths. And I'll say, you can go this route and this route and this route, and these are the pros and cons, but you need to choose. Um, and a lot of times, like I just have always fall- fell in love with the fact that there's, it's not, a lot of it's not subjective. I'm not saying it's simple, it's not, it's, it's not always math. It's not nobody, people aren't robots, but there is a portion of what we do, strength training, fat loss, that is objective, math yeah and that doesn't mean that we people are robots but there's a part of it that is kind of uh you can't run from it it always makes some sense yeah um and if, if things are not clicking there are reasons why that is the case and so i always fell in love with that and for for ever since then i've I've like really found that, that that's something that i can sink my teeth into. yeah
0: that's awesome awesome to start at such a young age too like it sounds like this like whole profession was like a calling for you like something you were kind of destined to do you know and um, you know, to be able to do that, like it took, it took me a while. I'm pretty sure when, I think when I was 18, I went to a gym and like, they told me I was obese, even though I wasn't. Cause you know, the trainers there and the BMI and all that. Um, and I used to sit down on the recumbent bike and then they had this, this, this weight room with all these machines that spoke to you, like in this robot voice. Yeah. I, I can't even remember what it was, but like, if you stepped on, you had to check in and step on the scale every time you worked out and mind you, this is at like in the afternoon right so obviously i'd eaten and like and i get in and it would be like uh-oh carrie you've gained one pound or like oh my god you this is terrible right but i didn't know this and like i could
1: this is traumatizing yeah.
0: and like for anyone who wants to know my journey i'm not going to get into that now that's my very first episode of my podcast so if you want to hear about all that you can go back there i've literally done it all and maybe write a book one day but that like Saying that out loud now, it's like, no wonder, like I had such a crazy history with dieting and stuff, but, um,
1: I, I, not to cut you off, I, the when I, the first gym that I'd ever started in, um, actually, so I might, I was destined for law school. I graduated undergrad, took the LSATs, applied to law school and all I wanted to do, yeah, all I wanted to do was take, and PS, the, the whole like objectivity of law and logic was what drew me. And and I take that same mentality towards what we do here, but. I, I told my parents i said please just let me take one year off and let me train just this i want to train people i want to coach people i just want to work with people and, and there was a local gym that whatever my fam- my, i had some family friends there so i went and didn't know anything total sponge but there were some really sick things that that went on there like um just really bad starvation diets and and disordered eating promotions and like there were i, I there were an entire wall with people's names and how much weight they had lost. And they ranked it in order of how much you had Gosh. lost. And every Friday, every person in the gym would get on the scale and it would be announced what happened that week, how much you lost or didn't lose. And you were like scolded, like wide array of emotions, like scolding to throwing a party for the people who gained or people who lost. Okay. Um, and it was, it was. I didn't know it at the time how psychologically like traumatizing that was. I have a client now who will remain unnamed who, came from that background and she in the last six years had never eaten thanksgiving dinner because really? she lays in on fridays Jeez. Oh and gosh. it broke broke Sorry my heart so sound. the entire <laughs> yeah it just broke my heart and i know because she's she came from that gym and so um this year was all about unraveling a lot of those those uh psychological you know uh in, in things that were impeding her from having a normal relationship of food, food and, and she finally had thanksgiving dinner and it was a wonderful experience. And just like, like that, like as much as we love the numbers, and I love lifting and love training. I and mean, that's what it's all about. Like, this is like a, that's a gift that that keeps on giving for the next 50 years, you know? It
0: so is. And it, it's amazing how like someone's progress, how everyone's progress can look different. Like for some people, it may not be overeating on Thanksgiving dinner. And for someone else, it may just be like being able to relax and stuff themselves if they want to, you know what I mean? Like, and be okay with it. Yep um mm-hmm. yeah and i can i can definitely agree with that um you know th- again going with like my own history like that's same kind of thing like being able to take diet breaks um you know like even just being in the bodybuilding world um like i did probably three years kind of going in and out of you know doing different competitions and stuff and then um took a year off and I planned to like build muscle and like this was the year when i fell in love with strength training like I'd always done bodybuilding training, like kind of more bro splits. And then I hired, uh, I got into powerlifting more. I didn't do a meet, but it was just that kind of lifting. And I was like, oh, this is so much more fun. Like I liked it. And then um, anyways, a year later I ended up pregnant and, you know, I gained a ton of weight and it was the best thing. Like, it's so weird to say, but it was kind of, it was my kind of progress, like something that I needed to do, um, Not only now can I like, I can eat so much more and maintain my weight, but like, I'm not afraid of the scale going up because I, I mean, I gained 70 pounds. Like it was a lot of weight, like over, you know, over the span, every time I go to the OB, they'd be like, you're up another 10. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I was like, it's fine. I'm just going to keep having my cheesecake and my cereal and like every day. And, (laughs) but, uh, you know, for me, it was like one of the most healing things ever. And I think it's really helped me with my clients too, you know, um, Cause I think we can have biases towards, you know, you have to kinda like check yourself sometimes when someone comes to you, like most people don't wanna get lean like that. You know, like their idea of being lean, like may just be like, you know, being able to fit into their favorite pair of jeans or, you know, not having like bicep veins or whatever, <laughs> you know, um, so I think that's that's uh, is something important. I learned along the way too as a coach and i mean we always constantly grow right um but yep. yeah like going back into training i did want to like just before we wrap up because i'm gonna try and keep this to an hour i'm trying to keep them there i, I feel like we could go off in so many different directions and i'm probably gonna sure. have to have we'll you it again. On. yeah i was gonna say for something else but just to leave with like some humor maybe some of like the craziest things you've seen in the gym like like if you're if somebody <laughs> maybe like a list of like do not do what this person's doing or you know like gym etiquette 101 uh like just oh craziest God. things you've seen in the gym like I can start with like yeah people on, sure. I, I can start off with like the the stairmaster, like walking with yeah
1: you stole that one. That's oh, what no I was I'm gonna sorry was <laughs> no no go ahead it's okay there's I'm sure there's plenty more don't worry I was yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. I was sideways say, sideways stepping on the stair master, oh, I wasn't yeah. gonna
0: say that one I was I was gonna say the oh, uh, the backwards kick the backwards walking with it it's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> ladies and gentlemen like just the best way to Here's use the StairMaster, yeah, is to like, well, yeah. if you want to do it, like, don't hold on and just like, just just go slow, you know what I mean? You don't have to race up there and just actually feel it, you know?
1: <laughs> sure, totally. <laughs> I honestly, I'm not, this isn't going to be as funny, but first of all, sideways stepping on the StairMaster gives me a big headache. Uh, honestly, BOSU balls give me a big headache. Yeah. Um, Mostly not, and, and uh, we, I, we talk about whether BOSU ball is uh, all inherently good or not good tool, but like it's just 99.999% of the time not being used correctly. Like literally you asked me that question. I was like, should we start with what I saw this morning at the gym? Like, yes, let's it do Plenty it. to talk about. <laughs> just like some guy upside down BOSU ball doing battle rope. And there's just, I, I don't know if this is, I'm not, again, I'm not on a pedestal or anything. Yeah. I just want people out there to have a reason why you're doing something. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. It could be fun. Fun can be the reason. That's fine. That's actually a totally valid reason. If I went up to that guy, I'm like, Hey dude, what are you doing this for? And he said, I just really like it. I'd be like, okay, great. High five. See you later. But he probably would have given me something like, Oh, it's core stability and stabilizing muscles on the Bosu. And then the, my arms are really working. It's like, no, it's not. None of that stuff. Everything you just said, not actually happening. Like if you like it, go nuts. I love you. Go for it. Um, but yeah, just, I the really want people to have definitely. It doing, Oh, boosted ball, ball is hard. It's, it's, it's really tough to watch. Um, it is.
0: We had someone that used to really bring it to the ball. squat rack and do bicep curls, like standing on it, like in the squat rack. And we only had one squat. Yeah. Rack. So this was like, this was at my old gym before it shut down. And like, yeah, it, uh, heavy bicep curls too, standing on it, like on the, on the platform side. So they were like wobbling all over. Yeah. And there's I, no I, reason.
1: And they wouldn't have a good reason for you.
0: No, that's it. And it's like, yeah, maybe it's fun. Or maybe you feel like, like, if to me, I'd be like, you know what, why don't you just like take the same bicep curl and maybe just like add some like eccentric reps and slow it down or yeah. you know, stand on, no, don't, that's like, don't stand like, on one foot. But
1: <laughs> yeah, the the question is like, what are you doing this for? And the guy's like, well, I want to grow my biceps and I want to work on stability or some some ambiguous like nebulous term that he doesn't even know what it means. But like you could probably curl heavier without this. And so yeah. you were by definition probably not growing your biceps. And I know we're getting awfully uh, we, you and I are getting awfully like neurotic about like, but the truth is like, you only have so many hours to spend in the gym and it breaks my heart when I see people doing something. If you like it, if it's fun, go for it. But you only have so many minutes a week. And I think most people cap out like 200 minutes a week that they can spend in the gym per week. And that's like, whatever, that's, that might be even a lot that's like three times one hour plus 20 minutes, whatever. Um, you don't have much time to waste depending on what you want to be doing. So yeah, definitely Bosu ball, definitely Stairmaster, and more than anything, I'm 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 an absolute range of motion Nazi. Yeah. Because I just, in the same way that we are saying this, like you only have so much time in the gym. Just don't waste any of it. Like, yeah. stop cheat curling. Like, just go lower on the leg press. Like, cheat nobody squatting. cares how much you can lift. Yes, cheat cheat deadlifting, round back deadlifting. I know that that's not necessarily a range of motion thing, but like nobody cares how much you can lift. Honestly, a well-done RDL is one of the most beautiful things. I'm, I think it's the most graceful move. It's beautiful.
0: It's so do funny it you graceful. say that. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. Like when I watch it well executed, like I've wanted to slow clap for people in the gym before.
1: Yeah. Like it's cool. beautiful.
0: Yeah. It's like if you lower the weight, even grab 10s or 15s, like if you're just starting and you do it perfectly, it's like, it's yep. just, it's funny you say and that. It's not, not that the it's, only nerve. It's not even
1: just a, yeah. And it's not even like an like people m- might be motivated by two things. Like it's, you're less injurious. Like it's less likely to injure yourself, but it's also like, if you're just focused on getting the most out of your training, that doesn't mean you should lift the most weight. It still means you should do it with good technique because the good technique is going to give you the best results like per unit of time. Like man, leg press is the, is a, is a huge yeah. uh, uh, candidate for this A million plates mm-hmm. on there, with just like basically calf raises. Um, that's it. Or someone so holding that, onto the
0: side, pulling it for you. And
1: yeah, bands, bands attached to it. It's like, <laughs> just strip it down and and honestly not to go super phys, uh phys, like physiological like there's a, it's actually better it's like worse for your central nervous system to put on more weight than you have to like, yeah. just use the least amount of weight and get the most benefit you can yeah. from it and the way you do that is by actually using good technique and full range of motion yeah. so it's been bugging me i almost like just genuinely and so i've been coaching people in person so any of my on uh, in-person clients who would listen to this are gonna laugh they know i'm just a stickler i'm like i'm like why are you stopping and they're like oh like you know because and they don't know because it's like if you just go all the way down and you straighten your arm out on this curl, like you probably get more out of it. So, yeah, whatever. It yeah. gets me hot and bothered. Yeah.
0: It, it's interesting you say that. That's actually how um, I met my fiancé at, at the gym. Um, you know, he was – He called
1: me- you out on some – Terrible RDLs. Other way
0: around, actually.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you definitely have amazing RDLs. Yeah, Yeah. I think I've seen you. Yeah, you have amazing technique.
0: Thank you. Um, Yeah, something I've been mastering over the years. But like, it was the other way around. Like he was, um, he's actually probably like my best client. He has listened to everything I've said from like, you know, once I I interceded, I think after like, maybe seven, six or seven months that we were working or dating. And, uh, you know, he was always at the gym. He was disciplined. He was having like he was they taking the um, gainer, you know, protein powders, like the, you know, the hard gainer so like he was trying to build some muscle because he was always really lean uh, growing up. And uh, I noticed like he would do like, you know, two sets on the bench press and then, and then take a second and then go back and do like three more. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, he's like, oh, I just needed a rest in between. I'm like, I was like, we need to optimize your training. Right. And <laughs> yeah, you know, and he like, just from even like the protein powder, like he was, he was almost, over training, like, but just like it was just doing too much. It wasn't optimal. So he he had the drive and it, it broke my heart because I was just like, you know what? How do I do this without like telling you that you could be training better? I was like, Can I have you as a test subject? I think that's how I introduced it. And I've been programming him for him ever since. And like honestly, his progress mm-hmm. is insane. Like people, guys are always coming up to me being like, Oh, what are you training for? And he's just like, I don't know, life, like know, I just, I just like being strong and being jacked. Yeah. yeah, And you know, his back pain went away. Like he's, um, you know, been able to consistently get stronger and it's just, it's incredible what, you know, like you said, bringing intention and, and just like really
1: doing it, taking a step back, dropping
0: your ego. That's it. Yeah. Dropping your ego and, you know, pushing yourself to that failure point or near to failure, but with smart technique too, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, let's say coming back to like where awesome. we started. So it was like a full circle, but yeah, well, it's awesome to have you on here. I feel like I could chat about this stuff forever, but um, obviously for my listeners and for us and everything, we'll uh, cap it here and save it for the next episode. Absolutely. But, it was yeah, a blast. thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, for my everybody um, that doesn't know Jordan, I will pop his, uh, his details in there. In the uh, description, so that you guys can give him a Thank follow you. and listen to his podcast as well. All right, until awesome. next Thanks, time. Thanks, Gary.
1: <laughs> Bye.